The Lord be with you. We're continuing our journey with the Psalms this week and apprenticing ourselves to these masters of prayer in order to more deeply enter into communion with God, that God's will and ways and grace may be driven more deeply into our bones. The Psalms are unique. As scripture, we believe they're God's word to us. And yet as prayers, there are words spoken back to God. Add on to that, that these are the prayers that taught Jesus to pray, that he prayed the Psalms throughout his life and commended them to his followers to pray as well. As we take up the Psalms, we take up God's word, we take up Christ's words, and we offer it back as answers to the God who speaks to us to learn how to pray and to be formed and shaped more and more into the image of Jesus. Our psalm this week is Psalm 46. You've heard bits and pieces of that throughout our worship already today. But before we hear the whole thing, I want to invite you to pray with me. Lord, it's in your light that we see light. It's in your truth that we find freedom and in your way that we find peace. So come and shine upon us now that you might speak through this prayer that you have given to us so that we may come to find you more and more in every corner of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Do whatever you need to, to listen well to these words from the book that we love. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, Though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though mountains tremble with its tumult, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. Because God is in the midst of the city, it will not be moved. He will help it when the morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us and the God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in all the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. And the God of Jacob is our refuge. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. The Lord is our refuge. What does refuge mean for you? 
I asked our Wednesday morning Psalms Bible study group this week, and they had some different answers. Safety, it means coming in out of danger, a place of comfort and shelter. One mentioned refugees, people leaving behind war and violence and crises to seek some shelter, some safety in order to live their lives. The summer before Sam and I moved to Wyckoff, we spent a week hiking the Appalachian Trail from Connecticut into Massachusetts with some friends from seminary. One of the afternoons, we were hiking along uh, a ridge. To our right was, uh, we were on bare rock and to our right was a cliff that went down with beautiful views out over the valley stretching out quite a ways. I was hiking a little bit in front of the rest of the group with our friend Amber And as we came around a bend to face west for the first time in quite a while, what opened up before us was a dark and foreboding sky, storm clouds blowing in and blowing in quickly. So we put on our rain gear, we put on our pack covers, and ran back around to the group who was still unaware of any of it to warn them. They too were able to put on their gear, get off the bare rock face, and into some undergrowth, to find some shelter right as the storm hit. There were strong winds. There was an incredible downpour of rain, thunder, lightning, all of that. And thankfully, the storm blew through as quickly as it had come. And thankfully, too, we had been able to find some shelter, some refuge, and not been left exposed out on that ridge as that storm blew through. Refuge is about more than just your happy place, your man cave, your bedroom, your reading nook. It's a place of safety from grave danger. The Lord is our refuge. But refuge from what? Well, the psalm circles around two threats that are strong enough to undo our very lives and destroy us. One threat is natural, and one threat's political. The first threat is is a natural one. The beginning of the psalm opens with this. Though the earth should change, the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, the waters roar and foam, the mountains tremble with its tumult. We picture earthquakes, mudslides, tsunamis, volcanic eruptions. The earth is shaking on its foundation and seems ready to collapse. See, in the Israelite worldview, the earth was actually founded upon the chaotic waters. In Genesis 1, when God begins the work of creation, the chaos and the waters are there, and God speaks and creation happens. God plants the foundations of the mountains deep into those chaotic waters as God creates order in the midst of chaos. And though they didn't know the term entropy, they knew that chaos always wanted to come back, was always just a breath away. And then there were the political threats. The second and third stanzas of the psalm look at those. The nations are in an uproar. The kingdoms are tottering. We're on the brink of war and destruction. 
death at the hands of national enemies who are besieging God's faithful ones. The waters and the nations are both roaring. The mountains and the kingdoms are both tottering. Nothing is sure and everything seems like it's falling apart. Sounds a little familiar, doesn't it? For all that seems to change, nothing ever really does. For all of our advancements, we are still vulnerable to the same threats, natural and political. The kingdoms still seem to totter and roar. The mountains still shake. The world is changing. Everything seems to be crumbling and falling apart. And if you remember, it felt like that before the pandemic too. And yet, in the midst of all of it, the psalm invites us to confess that the Lord is our refuge and our strength a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. There are a lot of psalms of refuge in our Psalter. But what's unique about Psalm 46 is that it's communal. It's one of the few that proclaims God is our refuge. And as we take up these words, we are invited to proclaim them along with the whole people of God, to confess what we believe is true, to join our hearts and voices to millions who've gone before and stand with us right now, to say, though the world seems to be falling apart, God is our refuge and strength, and we will not fear But how can we say that? How can we confess that to be true? It is a bold and daring statement to confess. Are we just deluded? Are we just hoping against hope as we come to the end of ourselves that we're not actually just vulnerable and alone in the universe? Well, the psalm gives us a refrain, repeated twice. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. The psalm instructs that we will not fear because this God is with us. This one in particular, as opposed to any other. The Lord of hosts and the God of Jacob. Now, Lord of hosts is antiquated language, so you probably don't know what it means. Lord of hosts means Lord of heavenly forces. Eugene Peterson translated it, God of angel armies. This is the divine warrior, the commander of all the heavenly forces and armies. And this God is with us. Emmanuel, you remember from Christmas, means God is with us. There was a Geico commercial not too long ago where they said saving money on car insurance is as easy as having Jerome Bettis on your flag football team. And then cut to footage of the bus, Hall of Fame running back Jerome Bettis, playing flag football and owning the competition. The God of angel armies is on our team. How could we fear? What is there to fear? 
Armies, wars, destruction, injustice, the all-powerful warrior God is on our side. And yet this God is not just the Lord of hosts, but also the God of Jacob. The God who came and revealed himself to Jacob and to his father Isaac and his father Abraham, to all of Israel. This is the God who came and established a covenant with us. Who promised to Abraham, I will bless you to bless the nations through you. Who promised to Moses and to all Israel on Mount Sinai, I will be your God and you will be my people. This is a God we know. This is a God with whom we have a history. Because this God came and entered into history, entered into our story, and established a relationship with us. And the scriptures are filled with the accounts of that relationship and of God's faithfulness. And the God of Jacob continues to come and join us in relationship. We too have stories of God's faithfulness, of God drawing near and providing and caring for us. We too have wrestled with this God and been blessed. We too are held in this God's arms. This is our refuge. This is our help. This is our strength. The God of angel armies who created all things, who holds them together, who commands power and forces greater than we can imagine. And this God is the one who's come to us, who's spoken to us through the scriptures and continues to join us in relationship, who promises to be our refuge and strength, our very present help in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear no matter what comes. Do you need to remember that this week? I do. In all the whirling and swirling, with everything continuing to change, with the ground seeming so unsure under our feet, I need to remember that the God who made everything, that the God who commands armies, It's the God who promises to be my God, your God, our refuge and strength and very present help, whatever trouble comes. There's just one last piece of this psalm that I want to talk about with you because it's a detail that just doesn't seem right. It's the river. The psalm seems to be setting us up to assume it's speaking about the city of Jerusalem, the city of God. It's on a hill. It was believed by Israel to be impregnable because God dwelled in it in the temple. And in fact, they did withstand attacks by empires like the Assyrians. Isn't this the city within which God dwells that will not be moved? But if you know your geography, you know that there is no river in Jerusalem. And the psalmist would have known that too. So what is she talking about? Well, one option is Eden. 
If we go back to Genesis 2 at the beginning of our Bibles, God creates everything that is, and then God plants a garden called Eden and places Adam in it. And then it says this, a river flows out of Eden to water the garden. And from there it divides and becomes four branches. The name of the first is Pishon, and it flows through the whole land of Havilah where there's gold, and the gold of that land is good. Bdellium and onyx stone are there. This name of the second river is the Gahan. It's the one that flows around the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is the Tigris. It flows east of Assyria, and the fourth river is the Euphrates. Out of Eden flows a river that branches off into four rivers that feed and bring life to all the earth. Could it be Eden? The garden of paradise. Could the psalmist be thinking back to those moments when Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the day, when everything was good and right and well in the world? Maybe. But Eden's a garden, not a city. If you want a city with a river, you have to go to the other end of your Bible. It's Revelation 22, it's last chapter. Here is John's revelation of what is really real, the unveiling of the truth that God's kingdom has been established, that Christ the Lamb sits upon the throne. And in chapter 21, the new heaven and new earth begin to come down, the new Jerusalem, and the voice from the throne says, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them, and they will be his peoples. God himself will be with them. He'll wipe every tear from their eye. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things will have passed away. And as John describes what he sees, he says this at the beginning of chapter 22. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of fruit producing its fruit each month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. There is a river whose streams will make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. It's a river that flows from the very throne of God and of the Lamb. It flows through the heart of the city, bringing the waters of life as a free gift to all who will come and drink. And on its banks stands the tree of life, yielding fruit in each season. And its leaves will be for the healing of the nations the very nations that are roaring and tottering, that are threatening destruction and war and chaos, even they will be quieted and healed and restored. Because God is in the midst of the city, it will not be moved. But that city is not Jerusalem. And it's no other earthly city either the city that will not be moved, the city out of which pours the rivers of the water of life, are no earthly city yet. Our hope and our help aren't from here. See, we're not safe because we're citizens of the United States. 
and have the largest and best funded military in the history of the world. We're not resting secure because our banks are too big to fail and our savings accounts guaranteed by the FDIC. Refuge isn't found in our scientific and technological advancements and expertise, no matter how grand or promising they seem. God is our refuge and strength. And therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though everything around us seems to shake and crumble and roar and destroy, we will stand secure, not by any earthly confidence, but because our citizenship is in heaven, because we are planted in that heavenly city, because our lives are held by the Lord of hosts, the God of Jacob, because we've been united to Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, the first and the last and the living one. Whatever comes in this world, whatever threats we face, whatever dangers we endure, whatever trials may come, even if the ground should fall under our feet. We choose not to fear because the Lord is our refuge and our strength. And so we will be still in the midst of the quaking of those who do not know the Lord, in the midst of the quaking of the whole world around us, We are those who can stand still because our roots are in another city and those roots are nourished by the very streams of the water of life that flow from the throne of God. Which doesn't mean that nothing bad will ever happen to us. The psalm is clear. The earth will change. The mountains will shake in the heart of the sea. The waters will roar and foam. The nations will roar and tremble. Even still, we will not fear. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Amen? Amen.